92.3 and AM 16.20. Welcome to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. Hope you are having a great weekend. It is a big weekend uh, on the entertainment scene uh, in terms of uh, the the whole awards thing. If you're into the whole uh, awards season, this is the maybe the most awards season week of the year uh, because we've got, uh, first of all, one of the big four American awards this year. The Grammy Awards are taking place on Sunday, uh, celebrating all that is... Uh, Notable in music. Well, not all that is notable, but a lot of what is notable. There's always, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more, that more in, later in the show because there's some notable things to talk about, about what's not there this year, too. Uh, and then on Monday, the, the big Oscar nominations come out. So we'll later in the show, we'll look forward to that and kind of maybe make some prognostications about what you might expect Monday morning when those uh, those awards get uh, when those award nominations get announced. Uh, it's not the actual awards, it's the nominations. We're in a weird year where everything's pushed back. You guys know you've all lived through this whole COVID thing, uh, unfortunately. But hey, it looks like we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel on that. So let's be thankful for that. And let's also be thankful that we've got a great guest on the line with us this morning. Somebody who is uniquely qualified to talk about both the Grammys and the Oscars, as she is both a singer and actress herself. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit later about her next movie project that's coming up too, which is very exciting. But please welcome to the show, Michelle Edge. Hey, Julio. Thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for that stellar introduction. That was pretty awesome. Well, we, we love you, and we're glad to have you here, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. I know you and I are both uh, kind of award show junkies in addition to just being general entertainment uh, entertainment followers and people that pay attention to what's going on in the pop culture world and that sort of thing. So I knew you were a, a great person to have in to talk about this. And, you know, when we get closer to the, after the Oscar nominations come out, we get closer, we'll bring you back on and we'll talk about, uh, about the awards when they're getting ready to come up or maybe right after we'll talk about, you know, what, uh, what happened, but we'll get to the Oscars in the last half of the show. I want to start with the Grammys because that's a, a first of all, what's happening first. And, uh, and, and B, there's a, there's always a lot to talk about with the Grammys because they give out a lot of these things. It's not like the, a lot. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like the uh, you know the Oscars where there's like 20 awards or something like that, because because they feel a need, and I agree with it actually to to try to recognize excellence in all genres and and all forms of recording, not just recorded music, because you know they do give awards for spoken word. And for comedy, uh, you know, and they give awards for the best packaging, the best liner notes, anything that goes into creating a recorded project is something that the Grammys recognize. And there are some video categories even as well. So, so it's very expansive. Now, when you watch the broadcast on Sunday night, they're not going to give all of those on air because it would be on for three days. Oh, my gosh. And it's kind of overwhelming to even look through the list of nominations, to tell you the truth, because there are so many categories. Yeah, well, you know, and given the you know the the length of time we have on on this show, we don't have any more unlimited time than the Grammys themselves have. We probably sure. won't get into every single category. So if you were you're hoping to hear us, you know, have an in depth discussion about oh, you know, best folk Americana recording or you know, best <laughs> best best use of a triangle on a non symphonic album. 
engineered by <laughs> we're, we're we're not going to get that minute unfortunately you know I'd, I'd love to you know we all have our favorite genres i'd love to dig into the alternative categories and but we're you know we're we're just not going to have time for all that so we're going to stick to to the big awards which is fine now we're coming off a year last year where the the big four categories and what they consider the big four categories are record of the year which is a for a single song a single recording of a single song album of the year which is you know what we used to go buy at uh you know camelot music or you know, or whatever peaches, peaches records and tapes uh which you still what you can still go buy on vinyl at revolver records that sort of thing you know uh see kids back in the day the music didn't come over the internet. You had to actually go out and buy the music. And, you could seek it out and, and sit by the speaker with your tape recorder and like make sure you stop before the DJ started talking so you could record your song. Yeah. So, so uh, just for in case there's anybody that's never heard of an album before, an album would be you know <laughs> like a collection of songs that was all released as one project together, and then uh, best new artist, which is should be pretty self-explanatory, although. The definition of new, uh, the, right. the Grammys like to stretch that occasionally. And then uh, last but not least, uh, song of the year. So the way song, this is the one that always really confuses people. The difference between song of the year and record of the year is that song of the year is for the composition. So it's an award that goes to the songwriter. It's not for the recording of the song. It's for the writing of the song. And so that's why you might see different songs nominated there. And it's, it just, it means something different than record of the year. Uh, the record of the year does. So we're coming off last year when uh, Billie Eilish came in and swept all four of those categories, which is a very, very rare feat, especially for someone who was, I think, maybe had just turned 18 at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's very rare for anybody to sweep all four, much less that young. Uh, so she has a chance to repeat in a couple of categories this year, uh, although obviously she's not up for Best New Artist again because even though they're weird about that, you still can only win it once and you can only be nominated for it once. So, uh, so she's not nominated for best new artist this year, but, but let's start there because that's, that's the, the category that may also be the most foreign to, to some people as it is generally new artists. So our nominees there are Ingrid Andress, Phoebe Bridgers, Chica, Noah Cyrus, D smoke, Doja cat, Katranda and Megan, the stallion. So, and they, you may used to have used to back in the day. I've heard like only five or six nominees in these categories. They've expanded some of these categories significantly in terms of number of nominees too. So, uh, so keep that in mind. So, uh, Michelle, do you have a favorite in this category? So, I'm just going to start by saying, even though I'm a singer and I'm a lover of music, the Grammys are also probably my weakest award show um, predictions because I tend to, maybe because it's overwhelming and there's so many awards, I tend to care more about the performances, the collaborations, the, you know, the live different things that the artists end up doing. Mm -hmm. So to be quite honest, I wasn't super crazy excited about the Grammys and I looked at the list and, and everybody that you named, I think I've heard of mm, three or four of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, and, 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 I, and, and in fairness, you know, I'm somebody that likes to keep abreast, and I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, to be completely honest. Like, okay, okay. A couple of these names surprised. are completely new to me. Yeah, I was a little surprised I wasn't more familiar with a couple of the names. So um, I actually pulled my 
some of my high school students this morning, you know, thinking they're more up on it. And I read through the whole list and they said, we've only heard of Megan the Stallion. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. That's your winner. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at too. Well, <laughs> I mean, I honestly to, think I honestly think that's going to be your winner too. Uh, she is up for some of the other big awards, which I don't think is true of any of the rest of these anybody these else. Artists. Yeah, and 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 it can't hurt that she's up for a nomination with Beyonce. Yeah, and you know, you're certainly somebody that's that's worthy of consideration. You know, and, and uh, has been very much in the spotlight over the last year. I am a big fan also of Phoebe Bridgers. Now she performed on SNL a couple of weeks ago. And was fantastic. Okay, I she's, knew I recognized her. Yeah, she's a great, uh, a great indie artist, and I would love to see her get some recognition here. And it's possible she's been very critically acclaimed. And sometimes this doesn't always go the way you think it's going to go with the best new artist, like a, a, a the big one uh, that a lot of people will remember from the most recent uh, ten years or so was when uh, Justin Bieber was up for it and lost to Esperanza Spalding. Uh, which a lot yes. of people, a lot of the the believers were very much unhappy about that. You know, it was one case where, you know, the expectations were defied. So you may see something like that. And if that's what happens, you may see uh, Phoebe Bridgers or maybe Noah Cyrus sneak in there. I could see. So, well, uh, and unfortunately, this category is so encompassing that there are so many different genres included and it's almost not fair to even compare some of them to each other. You know, the Golden Globes tend to break down their categories a little bit more mm -hmm. in some of these things. And it might be a little more fair, if you will, to um, explore a few different best new artists in, you know, each category rather than just overall. Well, because and that's no where one stop shop for yeah, anybody, you know, this is like the one category other than, you know, like the album of the year, et cetera, that where that happens, because they've got so many subdivisions. We're going to get to some of those other categories in just a moment. We've got to take our first break. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We are talking about this Sunday's upcoming Grammy Awards with Michelle Edge. And I wanted to, to play a little bit of that to give you a taste of what you're not going to hear Sunday on the Grammys. Because uh, despite being one of the most popular and critically acclaimed artists around right now, uh, The weekend was completely snubbed this year and uh, is none too happy about it, Michelle. Oh, no, I wouldn't be either. Yeah, I mean, you know, everybody wants to be recognized. I, we, well, let's talk a little bit about this because, again, he's like one of the most commercial artists around, but he's also one of the most critically acclaimed. He's, he's, he's both very well-received critically and commercially. He just come, came off of uh, doing the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which is a major achievement for any artist. Uh, but he did not get uh, nominated for any awards this year. 
which was considered a big snub by a lot of people in the industry, but even more so by the weekend himself. And in response, he has said uh, he canceled his performance that was planned for this year during the Grammys. He had been planning to perform this year during the Grammys and also said, I'm done. I'm not ever going to deal with the Grammys again. I'm not going to perform on the Grammys. I'm not going to submit my music for consideration for the Grammys. They're dead to me, basically. I can't say that I blame him, especially coming off that stellar performance at the Super Bowl. Love him or hate him, people were talking about him for a long time. And to be completely shut out altogether, you've got to be kidding me because everybody knows who The Weeknd is. Well, now, and to be fair, the, you know, the nominations came out before the Super Bowl performance, so that didn't really have an influence one way or the other on whether he was nominated or not. Um, right. And the article I saw said the same thing, that um, there was some talk of whether, you know, the Grammys were supposed to be like the weekend after uh, the Super Bowl initially or something. And so they said, well, maybe they didn't want to oversaturate the market with too many performances, which I think is kind of ludicrous because they do that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. It well, I mean, the same I, people on every show. And I so believe that happened when, that. Uh, when Lady Gaga did the Super Bowl halftime show and then was on immediately performed on the Grammys. Uh, a week or two later. so th- Which that- was fine with me, quite frankly, because I love her. But, you know, I mean, I guess some people might see it that way. But the, the you know, producers insisted that had nothing to do with it because the nominations had already come out. Yeah, so- I, I don't think that they necessarily hinge the performances on the nominations. So the, I think they may have started negotiating with performers before the nominations came out. And I know that there was kind of a statement from within the organization that was something along the lines of, well, we were surprised he didn't get nominated too. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's a big body of people to, that vote on these things. So, you know, anything can kind of right. happen. And that, and I, I'll be quite honest, I didn't know how the Grammys were voted on either. And apparently it turns out that there's some secret committees that take the peer nominations and then review them and add or subtract from them. And I guess that's what the weekend is upset about because there's there's some shadiness to the nomination process that's not completely above board. And so I gotta say it does it does look kind of bad. And especially in light of you know how much the Oscars have had you know Oscar so white kind of thing. I've heard a whole lot of you know Grammy so white kind of talk, which is mm, debatable considering all the yeah, nominees. Yeah, I mean if you look at for this year, if you look at the other nominees for this year, I don't think that you can really make a legitimate claim of racism here. I totally agree with that. that. So I don't think that's it at all. But it is very mysterious. And, you know, and you, know, you can't nominate everybody. There's so much to choose from in music. But I think this is a very legitimate snub, and I do not blame him for boycotting the entire thing. Absolutely do not. Well, you know, and as much as we put weight on these awards and we you know, like to talk about them and consider them, et cetera, in the end, all awards are arbitrary. You know, oh, absolutely. so, so, I, so many people don't even care about them, period. There, there's so many times that that more talented people have not been recognized or they've been skipped over or whatever. It happens. There's the question of, are you being a poor sport by saying I'm going to take my my toys and go home and, and never go come, home and never. Come and back. that was kind of my my initial thought, too. But when I read more into it, I was like, well, it does seem like there's a little more to the nomination process that doesn't seem to um, I don't know, fair is the right word, but. I can I can see staying home this year. I can't see making a statement that I'm never going to be involved. Never in. ever going to do it again. Yeah, because one thing you should just never say never. You know, things things happen. Then you've got to be the guy that has to go back and say, "Well, I know I said never, but you know, it's it, it, that's just not a step that I would personally take." But you know, 
that's the step that he feels like he has to take and that's his decision to live with. And especially in the time of COVID and the craziness of the performance um, restrictions anyway, he could very easily have just said, yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to peace out because, you know, we're still working on the COVID thing or whatever. And nobody would have blinked batted an eye at that. But it does kind of kind of put a little mark on him for, for him to be like, yeah, I'm done with you guys. Well, let's let's get away from that and get back to the, the major categories sure. here. Uh, so we'll go to song of the year. And this is, again, a, as I mentioned in the first segment, a songwriters award. So this award will go to the songwriters. Now, I'm not going to name all of the songwriters and all these songs because some of them have eight or nine writers on one song, which also seems mm-hmm. strange to it's me. But it happens. And uh, so but yeah, but people aren't going to know the songs by the songwriters. So I will mention the artists that actually perform the song. In most of the cases, I think the artists did write on the song. So mm-hmm. th- so there's that, too. Uh, but the nominees are Black Parade by Beyonce, uh, not to be confused with Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance, which uh, I, I'd love to hear Beyonce cover that. That would be interesting. But, that would uh, be interesting. Uh, the Box by Roddy Rich, Cardigan by Taylor Swift, Circles by Post Malone, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, Everything I Wanted by Billie Eilish, I Can't Breathe by Her, and if the world was ending by J.P. Sachs featuring Julia Michaels, uh, again, uh, so Billie Eilish has an, an opportunity to repeat here because she won this uh, this category last year, uh, and of course she wrote this with her with her brother, who is her songwriting and producing partner, and who she always works with. Um, and you know, I I have a good argument for going ahead and letting her repeat. That's a, you know, it's a great song, and she is easily the artist of the moment uh but I, i'm willing to hear uh hear other arguments here what do you what do you got michelle it's very interesting it's an interesting mix of choices um for one thing when i named off this whole list of songs to my students they said oh, all of those are so overplayed and i said yes part of the problem is because the grammys are pushed back this year they, we've had more time with some of them so some of them, they just kind of think are we're done with those things now. So we listened to a few of them. Um, I think it's very interesting that Taylor Swift and Beyonce are here who are stalwarts of these categories for years, right? So it either speaks to the longevity of them uh, or the popularity. I don't really know well, and where you know, I'm going with that. Ta- but. Taylor got a lot of acclaim for like, she she put out two albums in this past year and they were both kind of like very surprise releases and they were very like homespun recording kind of deals that she During did. quarantine. And I, I was yeah. actually quite um, impressed with the variety that she was able to come up with songwriting as well as collaboration wise. So I, I personally would kind of lean a little more towards Taylor Swift myself, but I, I also have no heartache with Billie Eilish whatsoever. Well, and you know, given the the politics of the world right now, I don't think you can ignore both her and Beyonce in this category. They're both you know absolutely. And I was going to say we had her on SNL not too long ago too, and and also, also uh, the Super also, Bowl maybe. Yeah, also performed at the Super Bowl, and she's yeah, yeah. she's been kind of all over the place lately. But and I, you know, a lot honestly, of people look at her as the female pr- reincarnation of Prince. So, you know, there's a lot mm, to say there. about And it's her. hard to argue with that, to tell you the truth. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, let's move on to album of the year. And this, you know, this is an award that I think has diminished a little bit as people have not really paid as much attention to albums as they used mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, there's this constant rise and fall of people paying more attention to singles than albums. And 10 years ago, it was the album that was more important. Now I think we're back to the single being more important. But uh, Absolutely. But, but our nominations here are Chilembo by Janae Aiko, Black Pumas Deluxe Edition by Black Pumas, Everyday Life by Coldplay, D. Jesse Volume 3 by Jacob Collier, Women in Music Part 3 by Haim, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa, Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone, and Folklore by Taylor Swift. Uh, so, again, an interesting and diverse category, although I didn't even know Coldplay released an album <laughs> last year. Okay, to I was going to say that, too. I was the most surprised by Coldplay, and I was, I was reading down the list, and I was like, Coldplay? Like, they, seriously? Yeah, they get nominated all the time, and they've won before, if I'm not mistaken. I know they've won several games oh, absolutely. before, but I believe they've and won good this. for them this category you before but about played out did That's they make an, yeah Col- did they make an impact this year with a, with a with a new album release i don't think they did i mean for me to not I'm know that's a, you know, for that big a band to release an album and just kind of like, oh, well, I guess that happened. you know. Okay, and if both you and I didn't know it, then it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, and uh, you know, for me, the one that I was excited to see come up in this category, just because I, I love the band and they're a little more obscure, I loved that Haim got nominated. Great, uh, great all-female trio, uh, alternative uh, alternative band, and I'm, I'm just happy to see them get the recognition. I don't think they're going to win. But uh, but, but love seeing them in the category. To be nominated. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a Do you have a pick who you think is going to win this one? I, you know, to tell you the truth, I, I like you said, and I was going to point that out as well that the singles are much more popular because you hear a, a song, you say, you know, and you go look up that song, or you and uh, you don't necessarily end up hearing the entire album. Most people, I don't think to seek out the album anymore you know i used to be one of the ones to go buy the cd on the first day it was out with some of the whole thing in the car or whatever but i'm kind of guilty of doing the same thing like let me just look up this new song by whoever overall i think i still have to go taylor swift because i have listened to that entire thing and i think it's really really excellent that that Um, i think is the one album on this list that i really do feel like made an impact as an album in terms of people wanting to rush out and get the whole album and pay attention to the whole album more than more than some Correct. of those other things. I think there's an outside chance for Post Malone or maybe and Dua Lipa. And that was my next comment, exactly. I was pretty excited to see that as well because I think he has definitely made a pretty big impact as well. But uh, but yeah, I think and, you know, Taylor has won this award a couple of times before winning this again. I think this would be her third album of the year. That's getting her into Stevie Wonder territory. I'm not sure I'm ready to say that that's where, where Taylor Swift belongs, but... Uh, Right. I think she has a, a good chance at it. I, I don't know that anybody else a has a better chance. She's a fantastic songwriter, lover or hater, and I've been following her since the beginning. And she, I want to say that she has had quite an evolution, and she's done so many different kinds of things that I, I as an artist, find that very exciting. Well, we are up on our next break. We'll come back and talk about the the uh, Record of the Year nominees. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Got everything I want, not what you think. And if I'm being honest, it might have been a nightmare to anyone who might care. Thought I could fly, so I stepped off the golden. Nobody cried. Nobody even knows. 
News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. We are talking about the Grammy Awards, which are coming up this Sunday with Michelle Edge. And we are up to the Record of the Year category. And again, this is a, this is a category that Billie Eilish won last year. So last year, she did get everything she wanted. She won, she won all four <laughs> of the major, major categories. This year, she could win again for a song called Everything I Wanted. Uh, which is nominated both for uh, Song of the Year and Record of the Year. Uh, her her competition in the Record of the Year category is Black Parade by Beyonce, Colors by Black Pumas, Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich, Say So by Doja Cat, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa, Circles by Post Malone, and Savage by Megan The Stallion featuring Beyonce. So uh, so Beyonce up against herself first of all. We we've got that to consider in there. Uh, we've yeah, also got like that, that cancels out. <laughs> we, we've also got to consider, I think, while while Savage is certainly one of the big songs of the year by far, uh, there's another song that Megan the Stallion was on this year that uh, a lot of people have for 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 good or for ill considered the song of the year in terms of certainly the song that was the most talked about over the last year and was a number one hit and was a big you know viral sensation and everything. And that's WAP. Uh, which did not get nominated in this category, which is is a little bit of a surprise. Even though it's a very controversial song, she did that uh, that song with Cardi B. Uh, yes, an extremely explicit song, which Megan Thee Stallion is kind of an explicit rapper to begin with. Savage is not uh, without its moments, but uh, maybe not quite as over the top as explicit as WAP, but. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see that song not in here. And it's also interesting to see, you know, we mentioned The weekend already being left out of this category with, you know, some incredibly popular songs that he released this year as well. Uh, but keeping it to, to what's actually been nominated, do you have a, a favorite and or a pick in this category, Michelle? I really think it is uh, Billie Eilish's to lose, to tell you the truth. Like I said, I think maybe Beyonce against herself kind of canceled it out. Um, and, and who knows if WAP had anything to do with, you know, Megan the Stallion being nominated or not being nominated. Um, maybe maybe a little bit towards Dua Lipa, but I, I really should think, and, and possibly Post Malone, but I, I think, really think it's Billie's to lose. See, I, I my... My thinking here is that Savage is probably the the record of the year winner, or at least yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I think that's the song that's kind of been everywhere. It had the viral thing going for it. It was a a big thing on TikTok, where there there was a lot of people that did dance videos to that song. It, it's, sure. Now how and that it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to be nominated with Beyonce for sure. Yeah, and now how that relates to the makeup of the Grammy voting body may be another story. Uh, but right. uh, but I mean, in terms of, you know, in terms of both, uh, you know, critically acclaimed and uh, and in commercial success, that that was one of the biggest songs of the year. And while the Grammys could certainly go its own way, that that would be where I would lean uh, from a personal standpoint. I would enjoy the Billie Eilish song more. And I, I'm a big fan of her in general. I uh, would love to see her her take that. But. 
uh, you know, there might also be the feeling, well, she won everything last year. Do we need to give her anything else this year? Sure. You know, which is how I often feel at the Golden Globes and the Oscars. You know, if we've already seen somebody in a category, that's great. Good for them for getting nominated again, but let's spread the love. So I, I could agree with you on that as well. Yeah. Well, uh, and that makes a, a good opportunity to jump to the Oscars. So, again, you know, we'll mention again the Grammys are Sunday. And then following that, uh, first thing Monday morning, the Oscar nominations will come out. Now we got a, uh, a still a month and a half till the actual award ceremony. That'll be at the end of April. But on oh, on uh, long. well, yeah, I mean it's it's very late this year, and again, that's related to COVID. You know, normally we would right. have not only had the nominations by now, we would have had the actual awards by now. They would have taken place uh, two weeks ago. In fact, the week uh, the week that the Golden Globes actually happened this year was scheduled to be the Oscars week. So generally, you usually have the Golden Globes right after the first of the year, and then uh, that's kind of a big part of the the push towards the Oscars. The Oscar nominations usually come out very shortly after the Golden Globes, and then the awards are usually tail end of February-ish. Uh, you know, so it, it can move around a little, but... We, you know, I'm just we, glad we're having them at all, although I do hope that they're able to improve a little bit on production quality from the Golden Globes, because... Doing that virtually was a little less than ideal, in my opinion. And and the Grammys, they said they're going to try to um, do a little bit more production value and and not make it seem so, like, Zoom callish. So I really do hope they're able to do that. The the Golden Globes were a mess. The (laughs) the Critics' Choice Awards last week were also a mess in kind of a different way, but also kind of in the same way. Uh, the Oscars are talking about having an in-person um, ceremony, and they're they're basically trying to find some really big venues where they can move it to and kind of space everybody right out. out. Sure. Uh, so you know, if if they do that, that that alone would be some ways to to making it work a little better. Uh, but you know, we'll see. It's it's still six weeks out, and lots can change. Things look good now in terms of vaccines. You know, we had the the president go on television a couple of days ago and saying he wants a vaccine available to everybody by May 1st. He expects that we'll be back to small gatherings by by the 4th of July. So, you know, things are looking promising, but things have looked promising before. It could change. Right. We'll see. But I posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago that I'm going to need all these celebrities to go ahead and get their vaccines so that we can have the regular Oscars because the Golden Globes did not work for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, you know, the the Golden Globes in in reality are kind of a meaningless award to begin with. It's 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 an organization that does them that has very little credibility. So the, what they have going for them is the big splashy show that everybody likes to watch with all the celebrities hanging out together and getting drunk together and, and wacky things ensue on the show. So they, Oh, they, I absolutely agree with that. And you know I'm a film purist and an, and an award guesser that doesn't always predict things the way, you know, they don't always win the way I want them to. However, Golden Globes is always typically around my birthday. And I just like the celebrities sit at the tables and drink champagne and sometimes get drunk and don't come back from the bathroom and, you know, craziness like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah, not, which is not to say that we've never seen craziness on the Oscars before either. You know, there's things like the, the year that Jack Palance decided he was going to do one arm push ups on the stage and oh, uh, absolutely. The, the year that David Niven got streaked. You know, there's, there's some history in there of some, uh, some pretty wacky things happening at the Oscars too, but, uh, 
you know, not it, it just doesn't have the freewheeling reputation that the Golden Globes has. And uh, right. And that and was very much missed this year. Of it. Yeah. You don't get that when you're just talking to people in their hotel rooms and and uh, and homes and everybody's on a Zoom call. It's, uh, yeah, it's it was, just not the I same. mean, I'm so glad we had it. Don't get me wrong. And I love that, you know, they got to dress up and be with their families and stuff like that, where they don't necessarily always get to bring their whole family to the awards. So I thought that was kind of cool. I, I I was thinking about the year that the Globes happened during a writer's strike. And so they had nobody to write the show. And mm, uh, I, I don't know. Right. If you, I don't know if you remember that year, but they basically just had like a like a, an hour long program where it was like Mary Hart and somebody else. I don't think it was John Tesh, but it was like somebody like that. Some like might've been Billy Bush uh, where, where they basically oh, just sat at a desk and read down. Oh, okay. And here's the nominees and the, the winner is this person. And yeah. I think no I acceptance probably that out, but I do remember it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure if that was worse or this year's globes was worse. I, th- I think it was, mm. al- I think it was almost that this year's globes was worse because like, they were trying and failing miserably versus I got to say the, the only redeeming quality this year was having Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, but even sometimes watching them watch people give speeches or whatever was kind of painful, but, but we did have Jane Fonda come in at the end and make that beautiful speech about how stories change people. And that was glorious. So there were, it wasn't withstanding some amusing and, you know, awesome moments, but overall it wasn't my favorite. Having Amy and Tina in separate rooms was a mistake. It was so weird. Yeah, that that I mean, I love Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. I think they work great together. I've loved them together as hosts of that show before, but they work together. Right, right. Having having them on different coasts and talking over, you know, maybe small but satellite delays nonetheless. Comedy is all about rhythm. And the, the rhythm wasn't there? Oh, I totally agree with that. And, and, you know, it is what it is, and we have to accept that COVID times were kind of crazy. But like you said, there's some light at the end of that tunnel, and I'm ready for things to go on ahead and get back to normal, because that was bizarre. Well, and, you know, let's let's keep in mind, before we get into, like, talking about what the actual nominations might be and things like that, just uh, some things I'd like to see about this ceremony is less tributes to toasters and movies and things like that. You know, we don't need... <laughs> You know, uh, the the long history of owls in film. Now, we we don't need that big musical number clip show. We don't need to go visit the the group that's on the Hollywood tour or somewhere near there. I hope, sure don't. What we do need, especially in this year that we've lost so many people, is for them to not truncate the in memoriam. Just go as long as you got to go. Get everybody in. Exactly. Uh, And unfortunately, it's going to need to be really long this year for music and for movies. And then we we need a good solid host. I don't want it to go hostless. We need somebody that's really gonna give the show some personality. So I hope they keep that in mind. I don't think they've announced a host. Uh, I haven't heard any talk about that actually. So I I didn't even think about that. But you're right. We need a good a good solid host. Well, uh, when we come back from the break, speaking of hosting, uh, we will talk about uh, guessing about some of the nominations that we might be hearing about on Monday. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620.
News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620. Welcome back to Let's Go Pensacola. I am your host, Julio Diaz. Before we get back to talking about the Oscars with Michelle Edge, just wanted to throw a little bit of that in there for you. So that is Godzilla's theme from the upcoming Godzilla versus Kong film, which is coming out at the end of the month. It's relevant to this show and to anything in this community because the actual title of that is Pensacola, Florida, Godzilla theme. Oh, gosh. So uh, Godzilla <laughs> is coming to Pensacola, guys. Whether whether you want it or not, Godzilla is going to stomp on Pensacola. It's happening. It's it's you know there was it's already pretty inevitable. Yeah, there was already a little a little bit in the the first trailer where people noticed that you know there was a a news clip that you know said very hazily Pensacola, Florida, Godzilla. You know, Godzilla approaches, <laughs> makes landfall at Pensacola, Florida. So apparently they're taking that real seriously because they went ahead and named the whole Godzilla theme Pensacola, Florida. It's a pretty big honor, I yeah. guess, right? Like- I mean, I've got some places <laughs> I wouldn't mind him stepping. Like if I could sure. if I could set out the, uh, the where the footprints go, I, I, I you know, I, I'm not saying where, I'm not saying who. Right, right. Uh, I'm, I'm reasonably I'm, sure we could agree on at least a couple of locations. I'm not saying if there are any particular, uh, you know, elected officials that uh, correct, may, may correct. Wanna, but uh, just saying, just yeah. saying. Let's let's get back to the Oscars as we were talking about before the break. Uh, so again, the Oscar nominations coming out on Monday morning, and um, you know, I think there's some things that w- we know, having gone through several of the precursor shows and you know the BAFTA nominations kind of although the BAFTA nominations are kind of odd this year because they have changed their rules to really slant things back to British films so they're 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 coming in a little different than they have in the past Uh, but we're seeing you know some of the guilds get their nominations out and so you get an idea of what names are coming up a lot and there'll be some surprises of course but uh, you know it, it may be too early to name names as far as winners in a lot of cases but you know i think we're going to hear the, about the film nomadland a lot uh the director chloe zhao francis mcdormand will most likely get a best actress nomination as she has been getting at a lot of these ceremonies uh i think we're going to definitely hear chadwick boseman's name in there uh i mm-hmm. think the 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 one award prediction that i'm willing to just make an absolute lock on right now that i think that it's not just a nomination it's a definite win is uh, is Chadwick Boseman winning Best Actor for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom? Uh, he could also get a Best Supporting Actor nomination for Five Bloods. He's gotten a few of those, uh, but he's been winning consistently for for Ma Rainey. And it's just a, a it is a phenomenal performance. And I think even if he were still with us, that he would very much be in the awards conversation for that performance. But then there's the sentiment of you know him having past and you know what a, what a great potential career he had in front, of, in front of him what he'd already done the person that he was i think the the sentiment is going to be there the same way the sentiment was there for heath ledger when he won for the dark knight mm-hmm. uh so i mean that that's the one that i'm just you know if i was going to go lay lay uh, a bet down right now that we would not only see a nomination but a win that would be the, the one that i would just absolutely lock in i think there's a very strong possibility chloe Zhao will win best director for for uh, Nomadland, I think there's a very strong possibility of it winning Best Picture, but the Best Picture nominations and votes are are done differently than all the other awards, so that's a little hazier on how to predict. Uh, but I think we're going to hear that. I think we'll hear uh, Carrie Mulligan get a nomination for Promising Young Woman. Mm-hmm, uh, that's mm-hmm. been one of the mo- the more acclaimed performances of the year. Uh, what What about you, Michelle? What What are some of the things you're expecting to hear on Monday morning? It's going to be a uh, 
uh, Priyanka Chopra and uh, which which Jonas is she married to? Oh gosh! Don't get me to lie whichever, about whichever, that. Whichever, whichever of the Jonas brothers she's married to, I think it might be Joe. Uh, the two of them are the ones that are going to be announcing the nominations on Monday morning. Okay, okay, I will agree with you 100 percent on Chadwick Boseman. What a ridiculous tragedy! His whole story, but also just the fact that he's winning all these accolades and awards, and it's so such a beautiful tribute, and it just sucks. I'm just going to say it sucks that he doesn't get to see all the good stuff he accomplished in his lifetime. And so I agree that we should posthumously award people, but I'm also a big proponent of, you know, telling people how good they are while they're with us because they need to know. But also just knowing the fact that he did all the films that he did while suffering with cancer and didn't tell anybody what a, what a trooper. I mean, gosh, I know there's really nothing else you could say about that. But and if you've not seen, all that notwithstanding. If you've seen Ma Rainey, it's it's kind of a physical transformation in that film, too, because he is very thin in that sure. film. And, and, they, uh, and some of that probably was you know, the cancer that he was suffering with. But uh, sure. you know, he, he also it's, it's one of those things where you almost might not have recognized him at first. It's, it's, it's all in the performance, too. Uh, and what a remarkable slate of things he actually did get to accomplish in in the short time he was with us, of the different characters he got to play. I mean, he did get to do some amazing things, and I absolutely have no heartbreak with any anything. To, I don't even don't even nominate anybody else. Let's just give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll they'll um, still but, they'll still nominate five people, and I think we'll see. You know, Anthony Hopkins sure. has been in a lot of their, those for the father, which is finally opening in Pensacola this weekend. Thank uh, God. I wanted to see it so bad before the Golden Globes, and it was nowhere to be found at all, and it was very, very upsetting for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there, there's a few, you know, we may see Delroy Lindo's been in a lot of these, who was in Five Bloods with Chadwick Boseman, so he may mm-hmm. be up against him with the lead role there. Uh, you know, there's, you know, I think we're certainly going to hear about the trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, we'll, oh, I loved we'll it. I've be... been loving Aaron Sorkin for years, so I was very happy to see him win the Golden Globes. Yeah. And I, I truthfully, between Nomadland and Chicago 7, I was torn as to which one I liked better because I thought they were both very, very high quality. I think we'll we'll definitely see uh, David Fincher's Mank be uh, mentioned in the nominations probably get a Best Picture nomination, most likely a Screenplay Award. That's an interesting situation there, too, because this film was written by uh, David Fincher's father, Jack Fincher, and it's been it, he's been gone for some time. You know, th- this is a, a, a script that he wrote before he passed, and that mm. he finally, his son was finally able to get made years and years later. Uh, and you know, <laughs> just getting a lot of acclaim for performances by Gary Oldman and Amanda Seyfried, and so those are some names that you may be hearing on Monday morning, I think. Uh, I, there's some interesting talk about Glenn Close, who is kind of this always a bridesmaid, never a bride uh, for, Hill, sure. for Hillbilly Elegy. Uh, the movie was not very well acclaimed, but she was well acclaimed in it. So I think we may see a nomination for her. I don't know if this is her year to win. Uh, I, think, I think it's going to be a very competitive best actress category this year. And you know what's so interesting this year is because so many of these things were either made by the streaming services or were available on the streaming services. So many more people saw so many of these films that they would never have gone to the theater to watch. And so you say uh, Hillbilly Elegy wasn't very critically acclaimed, but 
everybody on my Facebook feed loved it. And not that everybody on my Facebook feed is a film expert, but just the fact that more people are talking about some of these quote-unquote smaller films that may not have been seen in the theater is kind of remarkable to me. And the fact that we are even taking consideration for any of the streaming services and that they've been producing so many quality films in the past year, I think is a bright shining star of the whole COVID quarantine thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think supporting actor is going to be an interesting category this year. I I had been kind of predicting that Sasha Baron Cohen was going to win that for uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. He's just, Uh he's, it's a great performance. And to the extent that, even though I knew he was in the movie, I forgot that he was in the movie. Yeah. And when it came up at the end of the at the end with the credits that he had played uh, Abby Hoffman, I was like, "Wait, that was Sasha Baron Cohen? It, it, he's oh, that yeah. good in the film." But but I you know, agree. And frankly, I, I I wanted him to win for that versus Borat, to tell you the truth. But well, I I don't think he's going to get a Best Actor nomination for Borat. The Oscars don't divvy it up into into categories the way right. some of these other awards do. Oh, right, and I wish they would. So to be quite I, I don't see. Things, you know, I think if there's a nomination out of uh, out of Borat, it's going to be yeah. for uh, Maria Batova for Best Supporting Actress, which would be very interesting, and she's amazing in that movie. I would love to see her take it. Uh, but when and we're getting would. back to Best Supporting Actor, uh, I've been really surprised to see that. They've, it's been consistently going to Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah all over the place mm. rather than Sasha Baron Cohen. So I, I have now pulled that prediction back off the chessboard a little bit because uh, there, there seems to be a trend happening there. And I think we might see Daniel Kaluuya take that. And and then that would actually be just fine with me also. I've yeah. seen plenty of things that he's been in and I'm very impressed with his work. Yeah. But again, I would be very surprised to not see them both nominated uh, just some other th- you know bits and pieces that I've been thinking about. We've definitely seen uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross have been getting double nominations for score a lot of places. Uh, they had two films that uh, that were in consideration, but then they're consistently winning for Soul, which uh, also John, uh-huh. John Batiste contributed to as well. Michelle, uh, we're running out of time. Any last? Uh, I want to get a chance to mention that you've uh, you've got a movie getting ready to come uh, come out in the near future. You just did some work on. Talk a little bit about Zombies. I am absolutely thrilled to be a part of Zombies. Written, directed, produced by a local filmmaker and actress, Alicia Marie. Wrote a script over quarantine and decided she wanted to try to get a film made with all local talent and crew. And she is working her patootie off to make this happen. And we filmed the very first scene uh, well, not the first scene in the movie, but, but the first scene of the production on Sunday and had an absolutely amazing time in front of the camera. And uh, it was an extremely physical day and it was so much fun to do. And I can't wait to see what happens. That was the proof of concept. So we're going to get that out for people to see and start raising money for the film. And hopefully this is just going to be a huge big deal. And I really hope that we get to talk about Alicia Marie on the Oscars one of these days. Well, you know, who knows? Maybe uh, maybe next year we'll be talking about Alicia Marie, and maybe we'll be talking about Michelle Edge as an Oscar nominee. We oh, we shall see. Uh, but we are out of time for this week. Michelle, thanks so much for, for taking the time to talk with us this morning. We'll be back next week with more. You're listening to Let's Go Pensacola on News Radio 92.3 and AM 1620.